I'd like to announce our theme for 2022, which is also today's sermon, a year of growth and blessing. I want to say that again. Hopefully you get a bit more excited. A year of growth and blessing. Do you believe that that could be a word from the Lord? How we respond to what God initiates is so crucial. And so I believe that the Lord laid this theme on my heart for 2022, and so I submit it to you today, I share it with you today, but I also encourage you, would you please take hold of this word by faith? Because we have to take the word, we have to mix it with faith to see the results. Otherwise, it's just a word out there which doesn't make a difference in our lives. And I also sense that the Lord gave me a scripture to confirm this theme. Please turn to Psalm chapter one and verse three. It will appear on the screen. And I'd like to ask that you keep Psalm one verse three open for our entire time of sharing. Keep your Bible open, please. And I believe that this verse is a confirmation that the Lord gave me of the theme, a year of growth and blessing. And it says, Psalm one verse three, he shall be... Like a tree, this is the man of God and the woman of God. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. This, folks, is a beautiful, beautiful, powerful verse of Scripture. May I encourage you that you would even take a hold of this as a promise in your life for this year. And I think what a beautiful picture it is. It's a picture of a tree planted by the river, and you know what? It is flourishing. It is growing. It is prospering. And do you know that that is you, child of God? That's you. That's what God has in mind for you. There are four points that I wanna share with you in this message. Number one, and I speak this out with boldness, it is time to move out of survival mode and into growth mode. Think about that. Actually, say that out aloud with me. It's time to move out of survival mode and into growth mode. Survival mode is not the best way to live. There may well be times in life where we do live in survival mode and it's necessary for a time. Perhaps somebody who's held hostage, they need to live in survival mode. Maybe you've suddenly faced the death of your spouse and for a a brief time you have to kind of go into survival mode and and then you begin to heal and develop from there or maybe there's been a massive crisis in your life. Maybe you've faced bankruptcy and then it is understandable that you are, you know, you're just beaten all over and you have to just go into a time of survival. And for many people, they have been in survival mode during this whole COVID crisis. But the problem is that the longer you stay in survival mode, the more you begin to think it is normal. 
You think it's normal. And the more you begin to expect less because you're in this mode. And also the more you become satisfied with zero growth. And eventually you're not growing and you're quite happy with the fact that you're not growing. (laughs) And so it is important that we must move beyond survival mode and begin to flourish again. How many of you would love to flourish in this year? My hand is up. Believing that the Lord has that in store. You see, the COVID pandemic inadvertently pushed many people into survival mode. Sometimes we were consciously going into it. Sometimes we were just so affected by the world around us that we didn't realize we were going into survival mode. And there were many consequences of this. Let me give you some of the consequences. We stopped socializing. We stopped making new friends. The elderly were sadly cut off from their family and loved ones in isolation in retirement villages and old age homes. It was a terrible thing. Other consequences were hospital patients were cut off from loved ones. In their darkest hour, nobody could come and visit them. I believe it was even inhumane. It should have never happened. At the very least, one family member should have been allowed to come in with all clothing and water, but it was inhumane. What are other consequences? We postponed weddings. We stopped coming to church. We canceled holidays. We believed lies. We gave up freedoms. We stopped taking risks because we were playing it safe. We stopped expanding our territory. We stopped growing. We stopped developmental projects that we were busy with. We became fearful of crowds. We became lonely and disconnected, isolated, and quite frankly, in many respects, we stopped living. And I wanna say to you, this simply cannot carry on, this must not carry on, and you need to get a determination in your heart that this is over. I'm over with that. And I challenge you to refuse survival mode in your own heart. Refuse it. Despite what may happen with the regulations in future, refuse that you will not stay locked down in your heart. You're not gonna do that anymore. Refuse it. Thankfully, there are some positive indicators on the horizon regarding COVID. But despite whatever may happen, because governments can do some crazy things, I declare over you that God says, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. That is God's heart for you and that is what always is in place despite what happens in the world. God's promise doesn't go into you know, hibernation because there's a crisis. God's promises stand. Furthermore, if you are waiting for perfect conditions, or waiting for every little element of COVID to completely disappear before you step out of hibernation, you might be waiting a long time because there is an agenda in this world trying to keep the fear alive for as long as possible, trying to keep the control alive for as long as possible. So don't wait for perfect conditions. 
Don't put your growth on hold, child of God. Rather, just say goodbye to survival mode. And it says in Ecclesiastes 11 verse 14 in the Living Bible, if you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. And some people are waiting till there is zero trace whatsoever of any kind of virus, and then they'll begin to come out of hibernation. No, no, no. The Bible says the farmer can't wait until everything is perfect. You wait till generally there's an improvement in conditions and you're sensitive to God, but then you step out and you plant and you begin to grow and develop and you get a harvest as a result of that. Amen? Amen. Why don't you tell somebody next to you, it's time to get out of survival mode. Tell them that. (laughs) It's time to get out of survival mode. Point number two, begin to trust God for plenty of growth, and I mean plenty. Begin to trust God for plenty of growth this year. Say this aloud with me. Begin to trust God for plenty of growth this year. We actually need to be growing in all areas of our lives. Let's grow in our walk with the Lord. Let's grow in our health and fitness. Let's grow in our marriages. Marriages require ongoing investment, child of God. Let's grow in our personal friendships with people. How about if we grow in kindness a bit more this year? How about if we grow a little bit more in joy this year and we need to grow in every area of our lives? Now, look at our theme scripture once again, but let's read from verse one and please, please, please follow in your Bible. Psalm one, verse one to three, and it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. I love that. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on that law he meditates day and night. Now that person, verse three, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Begin to see the picture that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. This is beautiful, come on. We gotta love the word of God, this is so beautiful. This is the picture that God sees for you. And I find it interesting that God compares our lives to trees. (laughs) I like trees, anybody else who really like trees? I like trees, and uh, I've got quite a good knowledge of names of trees, and I can walk around in a garden and say, okay, well, that's, that's this one, and that's that one, and that's a silver oak, and that's a, a fever tree, and different things like that, and I enjoy that. Uh, I really love trees, and so it's interesting. God compares our lives to trees. Trees are the oldest living things on earth. Do you know that there are still some trees alive today which were in existence in Jesus' day and Jesus saw some of those trees. Some trees, we are told, can live up to 10,000 years. Wow. Maybe God wants us to see ourselves and our lives as long-term. That's why he gives us the comparison of our lives being something like a tree. Now, would you imagine yourself as a tree for a moment? And you say, that's tremendous, Pastor, thank you. So imagine yourself as a tree. What kind of a tree would you be? Well, 
let me mention a couple of biblical trees. Maybe you might be an oak tree or a cedar tree, a fig tree, maybe an olive tree. Let's take an olive tree as an example. So imagine here you are an olive tree and God by his design, he has planted you next to a beautiful river. So imagine you're a tree. Now, imagine you as that olive tree are planted right next to that river. What a beautiful place to be. Now imagine the canopy of your leaves. You have lots of lush leaves. You have a dense canopy of leaves all over you. And then imagine that you have stacks of fruit coming out of your branches and on your tree there's olives, 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 olives everywhere. You can make the biggest Greek salad for the whole of Greece. <laughs> Imagine that is you. And I want to tell you that God desires that you would live in blessing in that way, that there would be growth and blessing in that regard. And so when you see that picture of the tree, do you see and get a hold of the understanding of growth and blessing this year? So when we're talking about the theme of growth and blessing, I wanna ask, would you please see that tree? And that tree is your life flourishing in every way. Hallelujah. And verse three in the Passion Translation says, he will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of his life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. Now, in terms of the symbolism here, we see that the whole aspect of being rooted in the soil, I believe that that speaks of the word of God because our roots go into the soil, into the Word of God, we draw on all the nutrients and we are solid that we can't just be blown over. So the roots in the soil speak of the Word of God. And then the river of water speaks of the Holy Spirit. And folks, it is so important that we would delight ourselves in the law of the Lord and draw all the nutrients from the Word of God. It's so important, but it is also important that we experience the water of the Holy Spirit in our lives, bringing all the life into our very lives. And then the result will be flourishing, thriving, and growing in a beautiful way. Plenty of growth, like we say in the points. So, there is a definite way to more growth. Quite simply, it is God's word and God's spirit. God has made this actually quite simple for us. Now, in terms of the word of God, how do we grow in the word? Well, let me give you this. We grow in God's word by reading it, delighting in it, meditating on it, memorizing it, believing it, so important, singing it, praying it, and also living it. When you begin to live the Word of God in your life, it becomes like you become an incarnation of the Word, if I can put it that way. And you begin to experience the Word of God at its greatest level because you live in it, and your life is, like the Bible says, a living epistle, a living letter to people outside there. And in terms of this aspect of growing in God's word, I wanna tell you of something good is that as part of our theme for growth and blessing in 2022, we are about to begin a sermon series in two weeks time. 
not this Sunday coming, but the following Sunday, where we are gonna spend some good time on one Peter and two Peter, and we're gonna go, go, go through it and really sink our teeth into the Word of God, and we are gonna grow, 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 and we're gonna learn in this process. How many of you are ready for a solid sermon series like that, amen? And generally, with uh, previous sermon series like uh, Philippians, Galatians, James, etc., we've waited for the last part of the year to do that, but I feel in line with the growth and blessing theme, we need to get into this right away, close to the start of the year. And I also wanna encourage you, bring your Bible to church every Sunday. Physical printed Bible, first choice. But if uh, you really wanna bring your, uh, you know, your Bible app, that's also cool. And by the way, reading is also just generally speaking one of the really great ways that helps us grow in life and uh, we've got to learn to read more. I read an interesting article by Elon Musk where they had interviewed him on a uh, podcast and they were chatting to Elon and they said to him, listen, uh, what is a couple of pieces of advice that you can give to young people to be successful in life? And so there were five pieces of advice, but one of them he gave is he said simply, read books, read books, read books. And then he told the interviewer, that by the age of nine, he had read through an entire encyclopedia. Can you believe that? I'm thinking, dude, why weren't you out on your BMX having fun or something like that? But it has paid off fruit in his life today. He is, as I understand it, the richest man in the world. I don't know what his belief system is, etc. He's actually a Pretoria Boys High school kid who's gone and become the richest man in the world. But it has paid off in his life. He's grown a lot through reading. I was chatting to Dr. Miles Monroe one day, and I said to him, Dr. Miles, uh, how, do you, how often do you read and when do you read? And he said, John, I read three to five books per month. I said, but you're so busy. You're speaking over all, all over the place. How do you manage to get that right? And he says, I cannot neglect that because I must keep on growing. And primarily, I believe that we need to keep growing in terms of the Word of God. But we also can read good books on business and investment and human resources and politics and all of that. But primarily, man shall not live by, any, uh, by bread or whatever, but you live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Can I get an amen on that? So we need to keep reading, keep learning, and we will keep growing. Number three, we are a possessing people, a people of dominion. Now come, say that aloud with me. We are a possessing people, a people of dominion. Genesis 1, verse 26, I'll just read it to you. It says, then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Please say dominion. dominion. Say it a bit louder. Dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. <laughs> By the way, when you discover, ladies, a spider in the bathroom, you have to have dominion over every creeping thing. You don't have to call your husband to sort it out. But you know what the worst is when the husbands are calling the wives, honey, there's a spider. <laughs> okay, so we're supposed to have dominion over even the creeping things. 
What does the word dominion mean? It means rule or power over. God is speaking about dominion. It talks about rule or power over. God is a God of dominion. He does not follow the dictates of man, but he rules and reigns over all as sovereign king of all of heaven, as the great I am. Now in line with this, I believe as God's children, we are obliged to submit to government, we are obliged to support and pray for government, but we are not called to blindly follow government. Are you hearing me in South Africa? We are called to influence government, to be salt and light, to help them make good decisions which are based on godly principles. And I believe more and more young people in this nation need to get a vision for a future in government and in politics, etc., because there is not enough of the godly influence which is in the vast population coming into the leadership of our nation. God wants to turn that season. Hear it. I believe it with all my heart. And it's so important that we realize this, that we don't blindly follow government. And so God has positioned you, child of God, as a representative on earth. We are called to subdue. We are called to have dominion. And you and I, we have a mandate. And part of your mandate is dominion. You say, John, I just wanna coast along through this year. Just give me a, chill, just give me a big break here. No, no, no. Whether you like it or not, because you're God's child, you have a mandate of dominion. So here's my question. In your life, how are you gonna take more dominion in your world around about you? And there's a scripture, it's in Deuteronomy 28, 13. It says, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God. And there's this basic thing where we as living lives in obedience to God, we become very influential under God and under his power. We're the head and not the tail. We have dominion. We're a possessing people. We're a people of dominion. Come on. Also, we're a possessing people. And it says in Joshua 1 verse 2 to 3, it says, God said, now therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan now. This is just after Moses, the servant of the Lord, had died. The nation had been through a period of 30 days of mourning, and now God speaks to Joshua, and he speaks to the nation. He says, now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, I wanna say, get out of your comfort zone, <laughs> You and all this people to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, I have given it to you. The important thing to realize is that the land of Canaan had been promised, but they had to move beyond that, and the people of God had to go in and take possession of the land. And also they had to drive out the inhabitants of the land and take what God was giving to them. Now you would have thought that God would have cleared out the land before. Sometimes God's gonna take you into a situation where there's somebody in your space which God is first gonna remove and he will place you there by his favor. Quite something. But I wanna tell you, child of God, 
that you have a promised land to possess and God wants you to take possession of your promised land this year. And that phrase, which says every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, I have given to you, that was given to express the ease with which they were to possess the promised lands. And just kind of every place where the sole of your foot treads, I will give it to you. And that was confirmed by the first battle in Jericho. In Jericho, they didn't have to fight. They had to walk around in obedience, doing spiritual warfare. And then they shouted on the last day and God gave them the promised land and they just had to walk in and take possession of it. It's quite amazing. But as long as they obeyed, the victory would come with relative ease. However, when they were disobedient, folks, it would be a hard-fought battle. And I wanna say to you, child of God, take possession in your field of study. As you are studying, maybe in this year, take ownership of it, really grip to grips with it. Know it, do it well, so that you don't have to rewrite next year's subjects that you didn't really get dominion over this year. Take possession in your occupation. Take possession of your market share. There's many business people in this congregation and you might have a product or a service that you provide and maybe you've scratched the surface. There's only one or two percent of the market that you've managed to capture. I have good news for you and I wanna tell you that God wants you to possess more of the market share. Get faith arising in your heart and begin to believe and get a strategy from God that you can take greater dominion so it's not just one or 2% of the market share with that service, with that, with, with that product, but you can take more of the market share. Come on, child of God. And so take possession of your spiritual inheritance in Christ. Take possession of the peace of mind that God offers you. And I also wanna say, in taking possession, I believe, listen to this, God wants his children to ultimately own property. Am I talking to anybody here today? It is fine to rent for a while. Give me a little bit more level on my mic, please. It's fine to rent for a while and prepare and get ready and so on, but ultimately, we are people. If, if, if God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, then surely, and if the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, then surely you and I can believe that we can own property. And I'm talking to some people today that you need to believe, God, that in this year, you will buy your first home. Come on. We're a possessing people. Number four, very briefly. Expect extraordinary blessing this year. It's time for blessing. Say this out aloud with me. Expect extraordinary blessing this year. It's time for blessing. You know what? The blessing of the Lord is so amazing. And we really need the blessing of the Lord in our lives. There's a favorite scripture I have. It's Proverbs 10, verse 22 in the Living Bible. And it says, the blessing of the Lord is our greatest wealth. All our work adds nothing to it. Some of you have been working so hard in your own strength, but it has not been in the strength of the Lord and in the blessing of the Lord. You, I wanna say that you can only do so much in your own ability before we come to the end of ourselves and we realize that we need His blessing in our lives. I also wanna say this, it has always been God's plan 
that his children, right from the beginning, right from Genesis, it's always been God's plan that you and I would live in the blessing of the Lord. Do you know that God never intended you to live outside of his blessing? Never, ever. Right from the beginning, straight after creating us, the first thing was on his mind was blessing. And I'll prove it to you from Genesis 1 verse 28. And it says, this is straight after the Lord saying, let us make man in our own image. It says, then God blessed them. Say that with me, come on. Then God blessed them. Say it again. Then God blessed them. And said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. So what is the first thing God did? He blessed us. <laughs> straight after the vision for what he had for us, he blessed us. And you've got to know, child of God, that we were never meant to live without God's blessing. And as I'm drawing to a close, our text says today, and whatever he does shall prosper. We're talking about growth and blessing. And there is the blessing right there in that word prosper. Please say prosper. God wants you to prosper. He really does. Put aside those funny ideas of crazy preachers that you've heard say all sorts of things and living weird and ostentatious lifestyles, that should not discredit the truth of how God wants us to prosper. And also note that it says, whatever he does shall prosper. Please say whatever. In other words, whatever could refer to you will prosper in your career, you will prosper in your family, you will prosper in your finances, you will prosper in your spiritual walk, you will even prosper in your hobbies, you will prosper in your gardening, etc. Literally in everything, you will prosper. Whatever he does shall prosper. So let's expect extraordinary blessing, child of God, because it is time for growth and blessing. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Amen. Now stand with me, please. Wow, have you received the word of the Lord for you this morning? Please share this with somebody or get a CD afterwards or share the online link. And now I wanna pray for you. Father, we wanna thank you for your word to us today. It is clear cut and we say, yes, O oh God, we receive the word of the Lord. Lord, we believe that you have spoken that this would be a year of growth and blessing, and we say, yes. We come into agreement with that word, and now we release our faith, believing that this will be our experience. And with the eyes of our heart, we see ourselves as that thriving olive tree. See yourself. We are that thriving olive tree right next to the river. We see our leaves as lush and fruitful. And we see all of the olives and all of the fruit, stacks of fruit, bearing good fruit for the honor and glory of your name. And so we say, thank you, Lord, that we can believe for this, because you're a great God. Now, would you just lift up your hands to the Lord right now and just say, thank you, Lord, for what you're gonna do in my life. Just begin to thank him. Thank him and praise him. Thank him and praise him. Thank him and praise him. And I declare and pronounce growth and blessing over you, people of God. Growth 
and blessing, growth and blessing, growth and blessing in the all-powerful name of Jesus Christ. And we say amen and amen.